Praise God from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz. My prayer for you this day and every day is to enjoy the continued blessings of love, peace, joy, and prosperity. Today's lesson comes from Genesis 25. The verses are 24 through 34. And Genesis 27, the verses are 1 through 13. And the title of the lesson is Jacob and Esau. From the New King James Version of the Bible, the text reads, So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Genesis 27, 1 through 13. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older brother, and said to him, My son, and he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold now, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and make me savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening with Isaac when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game and bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats and I will make savory food from them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father, 
that he may eat it, and that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go, get them for me. The narrative centers on family dynamics and mutual responsibilities. We will focus on Esau's demissive attitude toward his birthright. Jacob may be criticized for exploiting his brother in a moment of weakness. However, Esau is indifferent toward his firstborn status. He does not grasp the significance of all that God has promised to fulfill through the unique line descended from Abraham of which he is the natural heir. In this lesson's conclusion, Isaac's intention to bless Esau is subverted by Rebekah, who helps Jacob receive the blessing of the firstborn. Although Rebekah's actions involve deception, the text simply reports what happened without condoning or commenting on her actions. We can see the ways here in which God, in his sovereignty, uses all kinds of human actions, good, bad, and mixed, to fulfill his will. The family of Isaac and Rebekah is an example of a family divided against itself. Dysfunctional drama, favoritism, lies, subterfuge, and scheming for self-gain all play out. Note Mark 3 and the verses 25 from the NIV. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. We subsequently learn of the pain and suffering endured by both Jacob and Esau in their lives. However, God's providential will maintains control of events leading to the culmination of history in the life of Jesus Christ. God's ability to accomplish his will, despite the obvious flaws in the family of Abraham, must be encouraging to us. Neither favoritism, jealousy, schemes, or lies could thwart God's intentions. The reality is that what really causes fights between countries, states, spouses, siblings, friends, are all the same. They come from disordered desires within our own hearts. That's why James says in chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 in New King James, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. 
we should rejoice that God is able to use imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. Truly, the Most High rules in the kingdom of men. Daniel 4 and verse 32. Chapter 25 details the birth and life struggles of Rebecca's twin sons. For a time it appeared Rebecca, like Sarah, was barren, but Isaac pleaded with the Lord and she conceived. In her womb were the ancestors of two people, two peoples. She was told that one group of descendants would be stronger than the other and that the older son would serve the younger. Jacob and his descendants, not Esau and his, would be the people to carry on the promises of Abraham. Genesis stressed the tribe of Judah to be the favored people. From Judah, the Bible says, the scepter shall not depart, Genesis 49 and 10. God was preparing the way, as evidenced in the earliest pages of inspiration. So in the fullness of time, God would send a son from the descendants of Abraham. Note Galatians 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. In our study today, we learn that Isaac became father to twins when he was 60 years old. As his two sons grew to maturity, they chose different ways of life. Esau became a skilled hunter, a man of the field. Jacob, the Bible says, was a mild man dwelling in tents. Isaac came to favor Esau, but Rebekah favored Jacob. In ancient times, the birthright included the inheritance rights of the firstborn. Jacob was ever the schemer, seeking by any means to gain advantage over others. But it was by God's appointment and care, not Jacob's wits, that he came into the blessing. The favoritism of the parents became a problem. Division in the home was a result of demonstrated favoritism. When the twins of Isaac and Rebekah were grown, a time came when Esau went hunting. He came home tired and hungry. Jacob was fixing a pot of stew. Jacob was unwilling to give his brother something to eat without significant compensation. He asked Esau to sell him his birthright for a bowl of the red stew. The consequences of this incident forever affected Esau. He was a worldly man for whom the right and responsibility of the firstborn meant less than a meal. He then ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Verse 34. Esau seemed oblivious to what he had. He was preoccupied with the now and self-gratification. Again, the last part of verse 34 gives a rapid succession of verbs. He ate, drank, arose, went out. 
This provides a climax to the description of profane Esau. This section ends by declaring this Esau despised his birthright. This does not mean he hated the blessing he was in line to receive. It means he failed to appreciate and protect it. He failed to accept responsibility. The author of Hebrews admonished his readers not to be immoral or godless like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know, the author goes on, that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Hebrews 12, verse 17. Esau's impulsive behavior stands as an example to avoid. Rather than living only for the moment as he was when he thoughtlessly sold his birthright, we must prayerfully consider the consequences of our behavior. Similar to Esau, many individuals yield to temptation, the desire of the flesh, without considering the consequences. Those who wish to reflect God's grace must seek the light in Jesus Christ, the way of escape from evil. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 5, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. All the conflicts happening between people then and now are a result of the darkness of sin. Chaos, confusion, and conflicts are only fueled by the issues themselves. Conflict comes from the fact that every one of us is in def desperate need to recognize and seek the upward call. Our real problem is not fighting on the outside, it's the battle within. Although we are in a constant struggle between the flesh and the spirit, as Christians, we must pursue a more perfect understanding. A more perfect understanding. Paul wrote in Philippians 3 and verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We must persevere toward perfection in Christ Jesus. Having taken Esau's birthright, one might think Jacob would be satisfied. However, this was not the situation. When Rebekah, who favored Jacob, overheard Isaac's plan to provide a special blessing to Esau, the mother and her son conspired to deceive the aged Isaac and steal the proposed blessing. With Rebekah's assurance, Jacob carried out the plan. Although Isaac was hesitant, he unknowingly blessed Jacob and said, Therefore, may God give you the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. 
Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Genesis 27, verses 28 and 29. What we see in the life of Jacob and Esau is a microcosm of all sorts of conflict and confusion. And so when we read their story, we should see ourselves in the narrative. Like these two brothers, we need God in order to be made whole. We need an intimate and profound relationship with Jesus Christ, which affects our relationships with everyone else. We need a responsible focus of accepting our status as adopted sons and daughters of God. We need to trust and obey our God who loves us to the point of sending his son as a sacrifice for the collective sins of mankind. We need a nuanced and discerning approach to God's word. We need to embrace our brothers and sisters in Christ as well as reaching out to others who stand afar off. We need a resolute commitment to the hope that is found in the upward transformative trajectory of a faithful spiritual journey. We need a prayer life that is constant, committed, and particular to the providence of God, our Holy Fathers, our Holy Father. Thanks for listening, saints. This lesson is yours. Let us pray. Holy, holy Lord God Almighty, we approach your throne of grace this day with a humble, hopeful state of mind. We tremble at your awesome power, your never-ending love, your act of mercy and grace. We seek your wisdom as we navigate this low ground of sorrow. We are thankful, thankful beyond words that we have you as our God. We understand our lost condition without you and we daily seek your presence to guide us and embolden us in our interactions with others. We thank you, thank you for your gift of your son as a physical sacrifice for our sins. We, Father, we constantly pray that we are able to serve, although a broken vessel, as a vessel of hope, in this broken world of darkness. Father, we, we pray that, that we may reflect the light that is Jesus Christ, that we may be the salt of the earth as a seasoning of hope. We come with petitions on our heart of mind for all those who are suffering this day those who are sick and shut in, 
those who are in the ICUs across this country and their caregivers, particularly those in the household of faith. We pray for those who do not know you and we pray that they may come to know you before it is eternally too late. Father God, we, we pray for families that are broken by confusion and anger resulting from a lack of faith. We pray for balance and mindfulness in our lives as we proceed through this arc of life. We pray for the essential workers who are serving us in the midst of the COVID era. We pray for all we are bound to pray for, those both near and far. We pray for all within the sound of my voice and their extended families, Father. And we pray that you give us all those things that we stand in need of, if it be your will. These and all other blessings and favors we submit for your consideration. And we ask it all in the most gracious name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. Amen. Again, thanks for listening, saints. Next week's lesson is Jacob at Bethel, Genesis 35, 1 through 13. Again, next week's lesson is Jacob at Bethel, Genesis 35, verses 1 through 13. Please take care of yourself and one another. Stay safe. Bye for now.